Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Called by some natives, Mabaya, according to the doctor, the seeds of which are roasted and eaten. In the Kiswahili tongue, mabaya, mabaya, baya mean bad, unpleasant. They are not to be recommended as food to Europeans. On the tenth, putting myself at the head of my men, with my compass in hand, I led the way east for three hours. A beautiful parkland was revealed to us, but the grass was very tall, and the rainy season, which had commenced in earnest, made my work excessively disagreeable. Through this tall grass, which was as high as my throat, I had to force my way, compass in hand, to lead the expedition, as there was not the least sign of a road, and we were now in an untraveled country. We made our camp on a beautiful little stream flowing north, one of the feeders of the Rugufu River. The eleventh still saw me plunging through the grass, which showered drops of rain on me every time I made a step forward. In two hours we crossed a small stream, with slippery, cyanitic rocks in its bed, showing the action of furious torrents. Mushrooms were in abundance, and very large. In crossing, an old pagazi of Unyanwezi, weather-beaten, uttered in a deplorable tone, My kibuyu is dead, by which he meant that he had slipped, and in falling had broken his gourd, which in Kiswahili is kibuyu. On the eastern bank we halted for lunch, and after an hour and a half's march arrived at another stream, which I took to be the Matambu, at first from the similarity of the land, though my map informed me that it was impossible. The scenery around was very similar, and to the north we had sighted a similar tabular hill to the Magdala Mount I had discovered north of Imrera, while going to the Malagarazi. Though we had travelled only three and a half hours, the doctor was very tired, as the country was exceedingly rough. The next day, crossing several ranges, with glorious scenes of surpassing beauty everywhere around us, we came in view of a mighty and swift torrent, whose bed was sunk deep between enormous lofty walls of sandstone rock, where it roared and brawled with the noise of a little Niagara. Having seen our camp prepared on a picturesque knoll, I thought I would endeavor to procure some meat, which this interesting region seemed to promise. I sallied out with my little Winchester along the banks of the river eastward. I travelled for an hour or two, the prospect getting more picturesque and lovely, and then went up a ravine which looked very promising. Unsuccessful, I strode up the bank, and my astonishment may be conceived when I found myself directly in front of an elephant, who had his large, broad ears held out like studding sails, the colossal monster, the incarnation of might of the African world. 
Methought, when I saw his trunk stretched forward, like a warning finger, that I heard a voice say, Sista Venator. But whether it did not proceed from my imagination, or— No, I believe it proceeded from Kalulu, who must have shouted, Tembo, Tembo, Banayango, Lo, an elephant, an elephant, my master. For the young rascal had fled as soon as he had witnessed the awful colossus in such close vicinage. Recovering from my astonishment, I thought it prudent to retire also, especially with a pea-shooter loaded with treacherous sawdust cartridges in my hand. As I looked behind, I saw him waving his trunk, which I understood to mean, "'Good-bye, young fellow. It is lucky for you you went in time, for I was going to pound you to a jelly.' As I was congratulating myself, a wasp darted fiercely at me and planted its sting in my neck, and for that afternoon my anticipated pleasures were dispelled. Arriving at camp, I found the men grumbling, their provisions were ended, and there was no prospect for three days, at least, of procuring any. With the improvidence usual with the gluttons, they had eaten their rations of grain, all their store of zebra and dried buffalo meat, and were now crying out that they were famished. The tracks of animals were numerous, but it being the rainy season, the game was scattered everywhere, whereas had we travelled during the dry season through these forests, our larders might have been supplied fresh each day. Sometime about six p.m., as the doctor and I were taking our tea outside the tent, a herd of elephants, twelve in number, passed about eight hundred yards off. Our fundi, Asmani and Mabruki Kisesa, were immediately dispatched in pursuit. I would have gone myself with the heavy rally rifle, only I was too much fatigued. We soon heard their guns firing, and hoped they were successful, as a plentiful supply of meat might have then been procured, while we ourselves would have secured one of the elephant's feet for a nice delicate roast. But within an hour they returned unsuccessful, having only drawn blood, some of which they exhibited to us on a leaf. It requires a very good rifle to kill an African elephant." A number eight boar with a Fraser's shell, planted in a temple, I believe, would drop an elephant each shot. Faulkner makes some extraordinary statements about walking up in front of an elephant and planting a bullet in his forehead, killing him instantly. The tale, however, is so incredible that I would prefer not to believe it, especially when he states that the imprint of the muzzle of his rifle was on the elephant's trunk. African travellers, especially those with a taste for the chase, are too fond of relating that which borders on the incredible for ordinary men to believe them. Such stories must be taken with a large grain of salt, for the sake of the amusement they afford to readers at home. In future, whenever I hear a man state how he broke the back of an antelope at six hundred yards, I shall incline to believe a cipher had been added by the slip of a pen, or attribute it to a typographical error, for this is almost an impossible feat in an African forest." It may be done once, but it could never be done twice running. An antelope makes a very small target at six hundred yards' distance, but then all these stories belong by right divine to the chasseur who travels to Africa only for the sake of sport. On the thirteenth we continued our march across several ridges, and the series of ascents and descents revealed to us valleys and mountains never before explored, streams rushing northward, swollen by the rains, and grand primeval forests, in whose twilight shade no white man ever walked before. On the fourteenth the same scenes were witnessed, an unbroken series of longitudinal ridges, parallel one with another and with Lake Tanganyika. 
Eastward the faces of these ridges present abrupt scarps and terraces, rising from deep valleys, while the western declivities have gradual slopes. These are the peculiar features of Yukawendi, the eastern watershed of the Tanganyika. In one of these valleys on this day we came across a colony of reddish-bearded monkeys, whose howls or bellowing rang amongst the cliffs as they discovered the caravan. I was not able to approach them, for they scrambled up trees and barked their defiance at me, then bounded to the ground as I still persisted in advancing, and they would have soon drawn me in pursuit if I had not suddenly remembered that my absence was halting the expedition. About noon we sighted our Magdala, the grand towering mount whose upright frowning mass had attracted our eyes, as it lifted itself from above the plain in all its grandeur, when we were hurrying along the great ridge of Rusawa towards the Crocodile River. We recognized the old mystic beauty of the tree-clad plain around it. Then it was bleached, and a filmy haze covered it lovingly. Now it was vivid greenness. Every vegetable, plant, herb, and tree had sprung into quick life, the effect of the rains. Rivers that ran not in those hot summer days now fumed and rushed impetuously between thick belts of mighty timber, brawling hoarsely in glades. We crossed many of these streams, all of which are feeders of the Rugufu. Beautiful, bewitching Yukawendi! By what shall I gauge the loveliness of the wild, free, luxuriant, spontaneous nature within its boundaries? By anything in Europe? No. By anything in Asia? Where? India, perhaps. Yes, or say Mingrelia and Imericia. For there we have foaming rivers, we have picturesque hillocks, we have bold hills, ambitious mountains, and broad forests, with lofty, solemn rows of trees, with clean and straight stems, through which you can see far lengthy vistas, as you see here. Only in Yukawendi you can almost behold the growth of vegetation. The earth is so generous, nature so kind and loving, that without entertaining any aspiration for a residence, or a wish to breathe the baleful atmosphere longer than is absolutely necessary, one feels insensibly drawn towards it, as the thought creeps into his mind that, though all is foul beneath the captivating, glamorous beauty of the land, the foulness might be removed by civilized people, the whole region made as healthy as it is productive. Even while staggering under the pressure of the awful sickness, with mind getting more and more embittered, brain sometimes reeling with the shock of the constantly recurring fevers, though I knew how the malaria, rising out of that very fairness, was slowly undermining my constitution, and insidiously sapping the powers of mind and body, I regarded the alluring face of the land with a fatuous love, and felt a certain sadness steal over me as each day I was withdrawing myself from it, and felt disposed to quarrel with the fate that seemed to eject me out of Yukawendi. On the ninth day of our march from the shores of the Tanganyika we again perceived our Magdala Mount, rising like a dark cloud to the northeast, by which I knew that we were approaching Imrera, and that our Icarian attempt to cross the uninhabited jungle of Yukawendi would soon be crowned with success. Against the collective counsel of the guides, and hypothetical suggestions of the tired and hungry souls of our expedition, I persisted in being guided only by the compass and my chart. The guides strenuously strove to induce me to alter my course and strike in a southwest direction, which, had I listened to them, would have undoubtedly taken me to southwestern Yukonongo, or northeastern Ufipa. 
The veteran and experienced soldiers asked mournfully if I were determined to kill them with famine, as the road I should have taken was northeast, but I preferred putting my trust in the compass. No sun shone upon us as we threaded our way through the primeval forest, by clumps of jungles, across streams, up steep ridges, and down into deep valleys. A thick haze covered the forests, rain often pelted us, the firmament was an unfathomable depth of gray vapor. The doctor had perfect confidence in me, and I held on my way. As soon as we arrived at our camp, the men scattered themselves through the forest to search for food. A grove of singwa trees was found close by. Mushrooms grew in abundance, and these sufficed to appease the gnawing hunger from which the people suffered. Had it not been such rainy weather, I should have been enabled to procure game for the camp, but the fatigue which I suffered, and the fever which enervated me, utterly prevented me from moving out of the camp after we once came to a halt. The fear of lions, which were numerous in our vicinity, whose terrible roaring was heard by day and by night, daunted the hunters so much, that though I offered five doti of cloth for every animal brought to camp, none dared penetrate the gloomy glades, or awesome belts of timber, outside the friendly defense of the camp. End of chapter 14, part 2「Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.